Hello, this is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello, hello. And for this special episode with special guests, John Paul Kelly and Liz Griffiths. Hello, Hi. good evening. So this is the first time we've had two guests on for one episode, so this could be yeah. strange or fun or who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could happen. Um, so to those who might not know who you are, are both of you able to briefly introduce yourselves and what your, your role is within About Time? Sure. Um, Liz, shall I go first? Of um, course. You go first, JP. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm JP and I'm, I was the production designer on, on, on About Time. Um, and um, um, had a team of wonderful people that I worked alongside. Um, and Liz um, Griffiths, um, who's here as well, was the set decorator. Yes, hello. Yes, yeah, so I was set decorator, so uh, worked with JP and, um, as he said, a great team of people. And we, we travelled to Cornwall and, and then back in time to the studio in London. Yes, I mean, I think one of the great things about doing a show like this that goes so in-depth is we get to give some appreciation to some of these roles which we've uh, we've been complimenting the set design and the production design throughout the whole show so it's it's nice to be able to do this i mean robert i'm sure you've got plenty (laughs) to go a lot more in depth than i do um is is there any standout questions that we start with well before we get to questions i'd say like there's some great things we've mentioned like the father's um study I mean, it's, mm. it's, a, it's really simple decoration, all the books and everything, but it, it is so evocative of, like, character and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh. I think that was it, one of our favorite sets. When you, compare it it, to, when you compare it to what the actual room looks like, it's yeah. an incredible makeover, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's right. I mean, it was um, a, a house called Porthpian House down in Cornwall, um, and um, wonderful character Mrs. Petherick owned it, and I got to spend lots of mornings having bread and jam and cups of tea in her secret little kitchen as me and the, and the guys, JP, we all dived in there to uh, get these sets ready. Um, and the, the study, the father's study in, in reality was her dining room. So it had like a big right. formal Georgian table on it and very, you know, minimal in there. And of course, we added the, took that away and added the fun factor and the characterization and all the personal smalls, the ships, the, the pictures, the backstory of the, the, into, the father into jazz, the eclectic cushions the eclectic chairs the the chess set all of this stuff that you know we've come up with as a kind of reference for his great character you know i think i think what was always going to be interesting about him was there was going to be layers and layers of character because he had he'd, he'd so much opportunity to rethink things and and try things the second time and work out who his favorite band were and and so on <laughs> he could kind of just keep just keep spinning the wheel to go back again so it made him this kind of super super layered character so so um you know we kind of tried to reflect that really in his in his world but i mean the the, the house it, itself we um i i it sounded like you said it doesn't the room doesn't look like that anymore have you seen the the house luke is 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 that uh, we've seen pictures, pictures of it. on their website yeah. oh i can still rent so the weird. house 
it 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 it, it, it it's a very big house so it, it wasn't quite right for the for the character so we we ended up sort of painting a pink and covering it in in climbers and creepers and 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 just to try and give it a sort of an eccentric air but uh, we we sort of played down just how large the house was because um, it had it had been a really long, laborious process finding it. Um, we we had spent months in Cornwall looking look looking for somewhere, and then um, we ended up sort of picking places off off um, Google Maps and just trying every single large shape that was by the sea, one by one. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I I ended up being the being the person who knocked on the door um, and 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 saw the house for the first time, but. And, and it's sort of at the time for me, it felt like it was probably a little bit too, too um, opulent and and uh, wealthy, really, for the, for the characters as they were written. But um, but Richard absolutely adored it. I suppose probably a slightly different gauge of what opulent is compared to me. But uh, <laughs> he 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 thought it was um, he thought it, it it was perfect. So so we 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 kind of adapted the house and sort of made it made it feel more like the eccentric character that Liz has been talking about with the dad and, and what we um, what we did with his room. Yeah. Am I right that the original script was Scotland instead of Cornwall? That's right, it was, yeah. And we, we actually wrecked Scotland a lot before. The problem, it, it, it went into something a little bit sort of gothic with with Scottish castles that wasn't feeling right. And, and I think, uh, you know, Richard quite rightly felt it was it was really important to develop the characters in a in a kind of a human a uh, little bit more down to earth way, which is which is what what we tried to do, despite the uh, the choice of a very grand house. Um, but uh, it 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 felt the kind of gentleness and softness of uh, of of Cornwall was 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 right. So we quite quickly honed into Cornwall as the area we were gonna we were gonna look for a house. So we we literally dredged it coast to coast trying to find um, the right place because we wanted to shoot on location as well so uh, it, it was kind of a tall order really as to what we were looking for um, you know we needed to find eight or nine interior locations as well as the exteriors and beaches nearby and so on so the um uh, yeah the house actually the location which you 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 may have heard already isn't exactly as it's seen in the film it, it, we did we did some visual effects to to put it right on a beach even though it was beside the sea um it 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 didn't have a view from the beach of the house so the the beach that we shoot on is is actually a different location to right. the house um and well, just on a on a note to probably around the time this episode comes out of the episodes that will be out is um robert i'm pretty sure you said whoever designed mary's apartment is either <laughs> A complete genius or absolutely mental? Yes. So, can we talk about Mary's flat? I'm no. saying nothing. <laughs> well, it was yeah, it was a funny one, Mary's, because we 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 wanted to get her character across, um, but but she needed to leave live somewhere fairly ordinary. So we we kind of dreamt up this idea that somehow there was a, a hexagonal shaped bedroom at the back of a of a um, of, of of a flat above a shop and in in. in 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 Notting Hill, so so um um it 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 was kind of fun that set, but it was it was a stretch of the imagination really that she'd um, landed that that flat um and and we we obviously we built it in the studio, but the um uh, and 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 built it above an empty shop um and I've uh, two friends with a wonderful thrift shop in 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 um, uh, Brick Lane um uh, and um, um we 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 named the shop after after them. Hunky Dory. Yeah, Hunky Dory. Yeah, which yeah. was next door, wasn't it, to that entrance? And then we had to kind of tie in the entrance with a bike hanging, and we had that in the studio. And then you walk into the studio set, 
And then you've got her love of travel and, you know, uh, the beautiful hand things she's found in the market. And, you know, so we did quite a bit of drapery, like Susie Medkoff made that lovely drape that you swing past to go into the, uh, yeah, the bedroom. Beautiful and, and we eBayed a lot of things like that quilt. So we made it, everything had a, a life and it felt very tactile. And, you know, the idea was it felt real and a bit put together. Like the kitchen, I remember we went and got some cupboards from somewhere or some doors. I think we might have hired the doors and... JP's guys kind of made this fantastic kind of eclectic kitchen that that kind of worked for her, you know, um, and a and a one of those pallet beds. I think we made up and made some cushions to go on it. And that's right. Yeah, made a sofa. A sofa out of pallets. I think we. Yeah, it was. I think. I think the the kind of aim really was. Yeah, yeah. I think the aim really was that you you had to feel like Mary was going to fit into this this eccentric Cornish family from the moment you sort of met her and saw saw the flat. So so we kind of we kind of pushed, I suppose, really the reality of what, what her character would have been like to feel like she was a perfect match really, which which is the case. It was kind of love at first sight. I wish we were on video right now because I was grinning really big as you were describing that because her apartment so like grabbed my attention with everything. <laughs> All the hanging things don't match. Yeah. And Somehow she has both a dining room table and a coffee table in the same location <laughs> in different scenes. Yeah, yeah. it was cozy. And there's, it was cozy. There's a cabinet yeah. that is it, it's just just collection of black and white over and yeah. over. In one shot, you can finally see it clearly. It's apparently a city rooftop scene. Yeah. But yeah. at first glance, it's just this chaos behind her father and mother. And, yeah. and like, I don't even know what is going on in this room. Yeah, it reflects yeah. their it. relationship. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't match so much that it starts to match. It's right. quite <laughs> strange. I guess one of the one of the next things we've got to talk about is like just the whole the whole color scheme and the idea that everyone, you know, the characters. Weirdly, it's never commented on in like anything that I've read or or heard commentary wise. But the fact that so often the characters, obviously, things with costume, but what they're wearing matches so well to the background they're in to sort of suggest their their comfort. So is that like? A deliberate decision, I assume, or are we very, going very, very much so? Yeah, we we. I'm trying to. Um, you went very much so. Yeah, um, definitely. We, 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 yeah, I mean, we we spend a lot of time, you know, on every job um, with the, with the costume designer, you know. So how how I I tend to work um, is is I I put the entire film up on the wall around around the uh, art department. So scene by scene, how how each each set is introduced and how the colors are introduced, um, and then. As everybody adds to that, um, you know, Liz starts to find um, um, the dressing and the, and the and the decor that's going to be in there, and colors start to emerge. So a color scheme starts to kind of appear, and then as the costume designer starts to do fittings, what we tend to do is is is, is kind of try the different costumes on the wall alongside um, all our ideas for what the sets would would be. And um, I mean, sometimes it's a compromise from either side. Sometimes. Um, uh, you know, we end up sort of compromising the colours. Sometimes the costume designer compromises them, but 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 yeah, it's definitely something that's always really considered. Um, and uh, I mean, for 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 my money, I I always like um, costumes to to fit into a world rather than to um, um, to stand against it. So I really like colour on colour. I, I think that works. Or pattern uh, pattern of one colour in a costume against a plain colour in the background um, of the same colour. And and I think it's I. I I think it helps to really bed characters into their world, which is, you know, in the case of About Time was really important. It needed to, it needed to feel, um, 
like every environment you in was somewhere absolutely loved to within an inch of itself and you know whether whether it was Tim's room or the dad's study or Mary's apartment and uh, and and later their house that they had together you know where we went for this kind of um, quite childlike colors as they had their children we um uh, you know it was it, it, the same ideas and same discussions happened with the with the costume designer as well to make sure that uh, uh, <laughs> you know it is um Yes, JP has this work. brilliant lookbook. I remember your lookbook, JP, with all your thousands of pictures, and you had Pretty lots of re- yeah, lots of reference for from Irish country houses. I seem to remember, and and at that time, people were getting married, and it was like multicoloured costumes for all the grooms, and suddenly everyone had umbrellas that were pink, blue, green, orange, and blue, and it was it was just that you know. I remember focusing a lot on the wedding and had that Cornwall feel and sort of that handmade everything had a you know a real life to it so I think that was really important and we kind of brought all that into all the different characters really we did yeah the wedding wedding was a big a, a big job wasn't it that was a, yeah. a, a oh, yeah. that, that was that was tough to I mean that kind of ended up being almost the first conversation I had when I met Richard to to talk about doing the job really was was the wedding and obviously one of the kind of quintessential things from any Richard Curtis film is a wedding um, you know, so so he he was he was obsessed with how the wedding would look and how we could give it a. Uh, he'd written it obviously in this way of it being a disaster, a washout wedding, and he, he but he wanted the design to reflect a kind of an unusual wedding as well. So we kind of went for this sort of um, sort of crazy cushion cupcake wedding kind of idea of lots of um, uh, lots of internet references we found of people who had kind of unconventional weddings and and yeah. uh, and and that was kind of the beginning really of what Mary was yeah, going to be like um, um once we'd once we'd worked out the sort of person that would have that kind of wedding uh it it, it that was really the pointer as to how her her, yeah. her world should look and uh-huh. and you know and and again you know the costumes uh, I, you know would would lead from that as well obviously uh, you know with the with the with the input exactly yeah so so the, the it was the almost red, like a big dress. top. Sorry, big top circus, wasn't it? We, you know, you did the stripy big tent, and it was really important right. that it flew away on the the amount at the exact right time, and that was all became a, a palaver. But it was, you know, amazing inside to do. I think it's lovely and perfect. Obviously, as you said, Robert, with the red dress, that it almost instantly in that means that you don't get it mixed up in your head with other wedding scenes from films. Like, just in that one thing of, she's wearing the red dress, you know, when you talk about the about-time wedding scene, that you're not getting it mixed up with any other wedding scene. No, yeah. For, any other rom-com. Well, he's certainly done done enough weddings in his time. So, so yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was sort of really crucial. I mean, I think hence why Richard wrote it as this kind of stormy wedding, the idea of, of actually the perfect relationship having a, a disaster of a wedding day. Yeah. Uh, you know, versus you know all the other weddings he's he's done, where you know these yeah. these glorious flowered weddings end up you know having disastrous relationships. So it was we, it was it was very deliberate. I think that it felt we like stuck that. away from flowers, didn't we? I remember going in when um, Rachel was having her fitting, and we had a load of roses, and I ended up making that bouquet that she had. I think. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was really random. I was like, oh, I'll make it. So and it was just made it really simple and you know yeah. really nice, well, but I, I, flowers I, I, was something we didn't I, want to I think do in particular. We we got a florist, if I remember, to to to, to give us something which arrived and it wasn't it wasn't right. So you That's ended right. up doing something that yeah. felt much more handpicked from from the garden. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the 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 wedding we we'd also talked for a long time. It wasn't an obvious choice to do it for real. The the tent flying, but it was something that um. Uh, that the, the marquee, at least, um, it was something that Richard was really keen on. So 
So we had months of tests uh, to build build a fake marquee that could be lifted by a huge crane over people's head and not kill them. Uh, so <laughs> it, it it took took a kind of a massive amount of preparation, but we also had to be able to repeat it. So we had to be able to do it lots of times. And um, as it turned out, we used the first take because it was the best. But uh, we 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 shot it three or four times um, with with this enormous. Um, um, uh, marquee been, been, been lifted over 60 people with, with, with huge rain rigs and tipping, tipping buckets for water and so on, you know. So, so, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a really complicated, uh, but really enjoyable scene mm-hmm. to shoot. You know, we, we rarely nowadays get to, get to shoot things as, as, as live as that, you know. So, um, <laughs> uh, things are done in very small, bite-sized sections and there's usually a lot of visual effects involved with special effects and um, so so it was it was it was kind of I think probably the last time I've done a big grand uh, uh, on-camera um, special effects scene like that it was yeah uh, good, it, good was, it was great and we, at the same time we were doing it in situ and we were trying to protect Mrs Petherick's lawn I seem to remember there was, <laughs> because there was so much water coming and we we got the green skies to kind of put extra duckboard down and kind of get get the water to the side and it was all a thing and Mrs. Petherick loved her garden. I mean that garden was her baby. It was, it was immaculate, she, yeah. It was it was immaculate, you know. So we really had to be very careful of all the planting and all the greenery that we added and changed and taking all the vines down before we painted it green uh, pink and then putting it all back up again and <laughs> it you know so she was you know but she was pretty cool about the whole thing actually i mean the whole film crew she, she was so chilled she was yeah. incredible I mean, we completely <laughs> ransacked her house we redecorated <laughs> every single room and i yeah. painted every, every wall a different color every door a different color yeah. to the wall oh. every piece of skirting every ceiling yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, that Poor woman, I don't know how she put up with us, but we 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 really turned the place over. Um, we certainly did. But, but we we you know we 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 put it back after it. We all left on good terms at the end of a we did. quite a long summer. And we used some of her husband's who had passed away sadly. Some of his wonderful watercolors. So all oh, those book right. pictures are on the on the staircase when Tim first comes down. That is all the they own um, house owners' husbands' pictures. So she was so delighted that we put all those up. Um, and they were beautiful. You know, they were they were so in keeping with with the yeah. characters as well. Yeah. They, uh... Robert, I realise I've been dictating on a lot of the questions. Have you got <laughs> anything you've been meaning to ask? This might be hard to remember, but I'm wondering about the uh, Tim and Mary's house had a thing by the stairs with these little like stones I knew you were sticking out. <laughs> that always bugged me because they have thing little by kids. The stairs. Well, that seems dangerous. Oh, it's like the stairs. corner of the wall has like this just row of rocks on it or something. If, if if I if I have a minute, I can find, find the, <laughs> the file on Liz, Dropbox. I think we had a kind of a hanging thing, some sort of a like a, driftwoody a, a, thing, was a driftwoody thing, thing. something yeah. like. It yeah, I think, was, I think it was. Yeah, it was kind of a nod to Cornwall, really. Yeah. That it was maybe something that they brought back. Um, I think I I, I kind yeah, of remember hanging familiar. a hanging yeah a um like a mobile sort of a. Um, yeah, we had some of our uh, some of our ideas there work better than others. We we had this sort of idea for different coloured post-it notes on the yes. wall um, as her Behind as her, couch, as her yeah. kind of decoration. Um, which which uh, what we hadn't kind of worked out at the time was how short a period we would be in that time frame before we moved to them having had their first child. So 
what I'd kind of imagined is that you'd you'd see this piece of art and you kind of go, oh, look, it's a wall full of different colors. But then gradually over scenes, you would you would go, oh, hang on a minute, are they just like right. post-its that she's somehow <laughs> laboriously painted into rainbow colors? But but you yeah. only ever see it once. You only ever see it, I think, at the birthday party. Mm. Um, so, I, I, so it I didn't loved quite it. make sense. It was the it's chaos kind of Mary's this, apartment uh, in there. House, thing. All those colors. I, yeah. I have to say, I think I nicked that idea, JP, because I used it when we did Pride. In that there's one well, of the front living room, I put all um, post-it notes, but also lots of Polaroids and put them all on the wall like this eclectic thing, and it worked really well. So that, and I know that's probably one of JP's ideas. I only watched Pride mm-hmm. the other day. I, think. I remember that actually. Yes, yeah, great fun. It's a good film. Yeah, it's a lovely film, Pride. Oh. <laughs> so I guess a question which. I, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it until now. Obviously, is like how how did you guys get on board with the film? How, how what, what what in your experience of getting involved in films do you get in touch? Is there a, is there a call out thing, or do you get called upon by producers, directors? Yeah, well, I I I tend to come on first, and then I I would pick my team. So so it would have been me that arranged for Liz to come on the on the the film. We'd known each other for a very long time, so. It felt right that we we worked together on on this. It was our first time working together, um, but uh, but I get the job really by being approached by um, by by the production company. Um, it was with Working Title, who I've, I've I've done a lot of films with, and so they suggested me to Richard for it, um, and we we had a quite a few people in common. So um, I met him for the film um, quite a long time before it happened. It 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 ran it ran aground for a while, and we get with them. Um, I, I, I'm not sure whether it was to do with actor availability or, or what the reasons were. I can't quite remember, but I probably uh, was offered the job by Richard about six months before we shot it, and I kind of um, I sort of treaded water to to stay on it because I, I really loved the script, and and Richard is a complete joy to be around. So uh, uh, so he's he's somebody you really yeah once you've met you you really do want to work with. So so um, I I kind of um, waited and did a few commercials for a while. For the job to happen, and then Liz and my team, my my, my art director David Hindle, um, is, was an art director I'd worked with a lot. So my art direction side of things was was um, um, more my regular team, and but Liz and and her team were were kind of we were it was our first time working together. Yeah, I remember the phone call. He rang me up, and I was in the East End. Oh, did I? Was, oh, I remember JP ringing me up and asking me. It was delighted. So it was really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good fun film to do. We did a great summer. It was the summer that the Olympics happened in London, and um, Richard had written a, a, a had been quite involved in the in the Danny Boyle uh, opening um, Olympics opening opening ceremony. Yeah, and um, but then unfortunately, because we were right in the middle of filming, he he couldn't go to it. So he had rented the family's other house, which was right next door to the house in Portsmouth, and we had a huge Olympic party for the opening party. And uh, it was really the most um, one of the most memorable things I can I can remember on a film. Us all sitting around the actors, all of us on the floor with a big screen, and it was a little bit like the family sitting outside watching their movies, and we all watched the opening ceremony together and 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 uh, celebrated uh, this massive event happening in London that we were all missing. But um, I, I think it was probably more memorable than if I, so I certainly had been in London uh, watching it. You know, it was it was. It was a very special, special moment. But I, 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 best, I guess I should say to the listeners, in case we end up referencing future stuff, that this is recorded after we've done every episode. Yeah. So, because um, otherwise, I feel like if we answer questions here that they then hear us ask in like two months' time, it's going to get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you analyse 
every two minutes of the film the whole way through so there's like yeah. that's a, that's that's we, that's, we that's a lot of analyzing on thursday <laughs> and somehow we spent an hour on the end credits i don't know how that happened. Uh-huh. oh yeah that's because i started reading out most of it <laughs> yeah he started reading random things from the end credits and that's how this sort of came about ish i started reading different parts of the end credits and then just searching on imdb pro for people on there so liz i'm pretty sure in the final episode there is a moment where i where i first call you which and which you then call me about the next day but, but i think okay, that might be great. That in, in the last episode. oh yeah yeah you left the voicemail <laughs> i mean i'll probably cut that out or at least bleep part of it because i'm pretty sure i said my entire mobile number on there so that's not staying in but yeah it's it's just the more in depth we look at about time the more beautifully made we can see it is it's just i think one of the reviews said it best which is that it's just the film equivalent of a warm hug yeah that's very nice yeah it's it's very it's very very moving i mean i I don't know anyone who who has seen the scene on the beach at the end who didn't have a tear in their eye so uh, yeah it, it 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 does seem to have a big effect on people as a film but it's a great you know story of our time in terms of you know grabbing those those precious moments you know that mm-hmm. that that, yep. that what is the essence of life it's all the things you know when he goes to the pret-a-manger counter and says hello and actually communicates with the person serving the sandwich to you know walking down the street and and realizing who the people are around him and you know it's just it is it is you know Richard's brilliant at that and it and it you really mm. it really resonates and I think it's one of those timeless films and and I was saying to JP earlier we were talking and it's one of the films that anybody that knows me always asks me about or any students come to talk to me they'll ask me about about time it's incredibly mm. popular it's touched a lot of people um, it really does I was saying to Liz earlier when she rang me I I. Uh, teaching in in university in london and and uh during this i did a, a very big lecture with with a q a afterward about 200 students and um, every i would say at least two-thirds of the questions i've worked on a lot of films and designed a, a lot of films probably better known than uh, about time even is and uh, every second question was about time uh, people it's got a huge following so uh you know um i look i don't know how, how old you are but uh you know these kids are all kind of you know 20 or early 20s um and it's just surprising, really, because they, you know, it wouldn't have been around at the time that, uh, you know, they they were they were kind of growing up. So so um, it's um, it's interesting that it has a longevity and and still reaches to people. But I think I think it boils down to its message, really. It's the simplest of messages of of just to take mm-hmm. the time to appreciate what's around you, and and that kind of is a timeless sort of message. And it's the kind of whole point of, I think, that Richard Curtis tries to make in his films, really, is appreciating the world that you've you've got. So. It felt like you know he he said he didn't want to direct another film after it, but it was the the um it was the point he's been trying to make really um um with all his work so so it felt very special to be involved in that absolutely okay Roberts just sent me a message saying what the actual thing he was talking about on the wall uh, this is the driftwood hanging yeah yeah it's the a, driftwood it's a driftwood hanging. oh yeah I think we it, got that in Cornwall actually I think it's I'm, actually I'm, it's it, it's in my garden. <laughs> uh, that's probably, it's probably not I, meant to be in my garden but it is <laughs> I, that doesn't make me too feel too bad now because i've got the mary hanging between the bedroom and the living room oh, have you? Oh, that's i've got I'm that coming, i'm coming to get that I'm, 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 <laughs> oh i don't know where i put it <laughs> i'll meet you for a picnic we can sit in it yeah okay <laughs> yeah not that we do this very often, obviously. It was just a special film, and there was a few things that just made their way home. 
Yeah, I think I think that there's usually a kind of a sale of things at the end for a kind of a nominal <laughs> amount. So yeah. we we get first dibs of that. So um 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 we, yeah. we we end up with quite nice things in our houses, don't we, Liz? We've got an eclectic. Yeah, it's a bit. all 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 I seem to be getting from the more and more we do this show. It's as a filmmaker, I need to work on a Richard Curtis film. Like it just seems so fun. I, in in fact, I I do need to mention, although I don't I don't have a question for reasons. JP, you worked on Tristram Shandy. I did, yes. One of my shows is Cock and Bull Minute. Oh. Although the joke of the show is I never talk about. Oh it really? <laughs> oh, that's funny. But then I saw that on your list. I'm like, yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen that film? That's like, that was a crazy crazy yeah, film. I saw it when it came out. <laughs> And then even when I started a show about it, I haven't rewatched the film. <laughs> yeah. Every episode ends up being about it's, something it's else. It's been a long time. Well, that's very, very Tristram Shandy of you to do that. You know, that's, uh, that's very, very, very in the spirit of the book. <laughs> yeah, Robert, I think so. What you really need to do is try and persuade JP to come on and talk about everything else he's worked on, except. <laughs> yeah, talk about some other movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just fascinating. I feel. I kind of feel so sorry for all of these smaller roles on a film set. Although it's obviously not a small role, but these these things where you don't get the the appreciation that everything else, everyone else does. It's. Quite... I think we need to be more down with the kids and start doing podcasts. I feel <laughs> like I need to be, you know, start it. Well, maybe JP, we sh- we should be doing our own, you know, set day art department podcast channel because maybe that's how you reach people. That would you be know, we don't know really how to meet. You know, I we're not really kind of looking for people to come and find us. We're not that sort of people. But it's mm. interesting now that we're chatting. You know, it'd be yeah, great. I'm one happy of my you're behind the I, scene. Yeah, and I, I've always wanted to do on how do you make a film from like the beginning of of the of the person finding the book or finding the script, and then get, you know getting the director on board, and then getting the producer, and then getting the money and. I, I quite fancy doing a, a podcast about that and like interviewing like five minute slips like of an people. Oral history of the entire because production. Uh, you know, this, we really do all yeah. the pro- we do pre production and we do production, but we yeah. don't do post production. So there's a whole and then how it gets to the cinema and so maybe well, there's something in awesome. that. And like yeah, how, re- release it as you go along. So like so people are people know the script, people know the story, and they all get to follow okay. the, the entire film being. Let's I don't know how, how you go about doing that. Let's see how lockdown lasts for. It's easing up now. I've got to get on the phone. Yeah, well, the, the the only annoying thing about doing this podcast is I've been meaning to write my scripts and I haven't. But this is hopefully... <laughs> I, hopefully, how many episodes would we have done, Robert? A lot. <laughs> um, well, let's see, two minutes at a time, 60-something? But then we have the bonus one, so it pushes... Right. Yeah, on, on, on each Friday, because it's being a time travel film... We have one normal minute, and then we go back to a random minute and talk about that again. And... Oh, very good. This could go on forever, you realise. Yeah. Yeah, you could just keep going yeah. back and redoing episodes yeah. you didn't like, <laughs> because you've got the opportunity to. Okay, so we, we, we have 24 weeks of three episodes, so, yeah, 70-odd. It was something we'd spent a lot of time on the film was trying to work out how to do the flashbacks, how to go back in time. Mm. It was uh, mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was a um, you know Richard really didn't want that to feel um, too magical. You know it needed to feel kind of matter of fact and needed. So we did we did loads of tests to work out what the images should be as you shot back in time. You know so sometimes you flash through stuff you you'd seen, but but also we shot these extra extra moments. To be able to kind of go back mm-hmm. through Kit through Kat's those as well, 
And yeah. we, I remember bringing that wardrobe with us everywhere. That was one of those little set pieces that travelled. <laughs> it well, was we, kind we of ne- like, we were in the Abbey Road studio. Have you got the wardrobe? Yeah, we've got the wardrobe. And it was kind of like, <laughs> let's put the wardrobe, Pops guys are putting that wardrobe together. Many different places, I seem to remember. It was, it was a pickup, Liz, that never yeah. happened. It got That's... dragged to the end. It, get, it kept getting delayed as we That's kept going. That's what it was. It, it was, was yeah. It was it was a pickup of him standing so because we to be inside the we built an interior of the wardrobe and we built an interior of the cupboard under the stairs um on stage so we had to shoot those out but then actually shooting back on him in the cupboard for some reason that never got shot and it car- <laughs> it carried for like nine weeks this yeah. wardrobe going <laughs> this around with wardrobe. us <laughs> with and, the dressing course, don't forget the, don't, all the yeah it was yeah. one of those funny things and we mm. picked it up in. Um, in uh, Shepton Mallet Antiques Market, we found that, I think. And it was a one-off. And, you know, if had we have known it needed to be reinforced, you know, a certain size, <laughs> we might have tried to find one that there was three of, but there was only this one wardrobe <laughs> that we, it was very precious anyway. We tried to look after it best we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, when you mentioned Abbey Road, that must have been painful to cut after what we hear is a heck of a lot of work for that one. Oh yes, yeah, that kind of got got cut out. Yeah, it it's um, yeah, it was it was funny that it just um, it felt right that it wasn't in the film though. I think that that moment of of them rushing to the hospital, cutting the way it did, I think. Yeah, I think right I like I like and... the cut to the baby's foot straight after the yeah. wedding. Yes, and we, you know, it's something Liz and I are both used to really of having stuff that we've shot that doesn't end up in the film, and it's kind of <laughs> you just got to embrace it as part of the process. Really, it's a, it's a little bit like people often say to me about the sets that are built and you know did it did it not feel sad to see it dismantled at the end i mean no it felt great it was, it's it, because it, it had served its purpose we'd, we'd got where we wanted to get with it and it was never going to be something that was going to last forever so and the fact that it's, something disappears as soon as uh you know the film is rolled is, is is kind of great and it's a little bit the same with stuff that gets cut out of films you you go, you know what? We we we'll all have we'll always have Paris. You know, it might not be, yeah. <laughs> might not be in the film, but uh, yeah, no one else you know, saw it. Yeah. But I mean, that's the life of jobbing art department. You know, we create whole three hundred and sixty degree worlds. You know, we built I mean, that hospital, for example. You know, when she's had the baby, you know, that was a, a wreck of a place. It was all decorated. We put lovely mural stencils up on the wall. We've got all the beds. Everything about it was not there. And you see probably half a wall and the bed and you don't mm-hmm. see the full, you know, all the blinds were made to measure the colours. Every little detail takes an awful lot of time. Mm. And um, the other part of the same reward was the intensive care. I think they split that in the same location, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the joy and the pain it? of it all, you know. And Robert, you loved the sign about the sister ward, didn't you, at this? Yeah, in the... yeah. It was a nice, whether that was intentional or not, it was a nice little, yeah, well, <laughs> little we, nod. It, 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 it wasn't a hospital, so it, it, it kind of must have been. I can't, I can't quite remember. I, I remember being really worried about the hospital, uh, how a hospital was ever going to fit into this film of loveliness. Uh, you know, so it was how you suddenly don't, um, uh, Robert, you're, you're not English, but you know, that it, it, it didn't become kind of British TV of Holby City or yeah. Casualty yeah, or something yeah. and sort of feel like a daytime soap. So, I um I was really pleased with what we ended up with 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 it, with it that it 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 kind of stayed in the mood of the piece um even when Kit Kat had her accident um yeah. we found these these great um kind of um incredible blue curtains which which are kind of standard NHS curtains that get used in 
in hospitals, but they, they, they completely fitted the colour palette of the film. So even though you were in a moment of crisis with them, with, 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 with Kit Kat, it felt like the world hadn't suddenly kind of, um, you know, dissolved into soap opera and, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it stayed in the, it stayed in the, in the right atmosphere. The, the maternity word, award was slightly easier, I think, wasn't it, with them? Yeah, yeah the we could put flowers in there and make it softer and make it more kind of special in a way. No, you know, warmer, I think we, yeah. we didn't we avoid flowers again and did balloons. We, we, oh, we, we, I think we, no, we did lots of balloons. Yeah, mm. um, balloons obviously at the New Year's Eve party was. Wasn't there something about Donal and pink balloons? Was there some mm. sort of why that he liked pink balloons? There was or? something yeah. about that. Yeah, that he he requested oh. pink balloons. I could don't be wrong. About that. that was. I don't remember that. That we, I'm, that we did yeah. that. We had uh, the, the the things I remember Donor requesting were the pink balloons and the Amelie poster was what I. The Amelie I mean, he, poster was I remember him in. requesting that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, but that was uh, a yeah. I mean, it, it was interesting. Just thinking about those balloons, that house. Don't forget, we were filled. There was things that we shot it for Christmas, and I remember them filming on the hottest day of the year. You know, there was lots of. If you look back at the film now, there was lots of neutral density. Um, sort of film on the on the windows and you know it's there's lots of clever tricks to get around that it was really hot or it was really cold but it was always the opposite to what it needed to be i'm sure when the girls were outside it was freezing and you know it yeah. was it was just really weird the way it worked with that house it was a super warm summer i remember we did lovely yeah. it was it was kind of idyllic in cornwall we, we all fell in love with cornwall as a result so yeah, um, I bought a property there because I loved it so much. So that's as much as I look at all. <laughs> yeah. When we shot the stuff at the end, which was, um, you know, in Clapham Common and stuff, there was just moments of people in parks yeah. and, and things. That was getting quite late into autumn, I, I seem to remember. And, and um, we, we, we got these beautiful, beautiful days. And, um, you know, so it was, um, it, it was, it was one of those films, really. It, it was full of, full of look and lots of loveliness. <laughs> um, so before we go on to our, our final segment, uh, what what are your favourite memories from working on About Time? Uh, I think the people. I mean, I met some lovely people, and um, you know, there was a lovely girl called Antonia Atha that I had, who lived down the road in St Agnes, and she kind of created sculptures, and she ended up making all the arches that were full of ribbons that were used for the church scene, and all the hanging down ribbons, and it was just lovely to meet. Cornish artists and people and and for me to be down there and and searching antique shops and and crafting people you know buying things locally down there and and meeting yeah. Mrs me, meeting Mrs Petherick you know and she had two dogs one lovely yellow lab, labrador and then a tiny little wee little terrier um and she she was an absolute delight and halcyon memories as i said at the beginning of sitting in in the kitchen Having having toast and jam with the props boys at eight o'clock in the morning before we started dressing set, and you know, you know, I've been down the house several times since, and I've kept in contact with her, you know, not not so recently, but you know, back four or five years ago. So yeah, and Cornwall, fell in love with Cornwall, really right? beautiful. It was very very lovely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the the team and working with Richard and the team that we had now were, were very memorable. If I had to pick a moment of memory, it was the tennis court, um, where we. We built the walls around the tennis court to make it look like an old room. We had, it, it, we had to kind of try and justify why this thing was here <laughs> on a clifftop. And, um, it was just this, this lovely day with, with my dog, who, who, who was the last film he came Aww. on with me, um, yeah. called Bruno. And, um, he was, um, 
just rolling on his back on that tennis court that we were desperately trying to keep in perfect nick because it wasn't a real <laughs> tennis court so the actors yeah, could play just in like it. that and and I, I just remember it being a really lovely lasting image of, uh, of 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 the last days of my dog having a lovely scratch of his back on the, on on, the, on our set so, so yeah that would be a memory i remember Okay, so we tend to ask each guest what would normally be on a Friday episode, but being a bonus, we, we ask you both now. If you had to go back in time to any moment in your life to relive something, either change it or just experience it once more, taking aside the whole message of this film that time travel is unnecessary, of course, what moment of your life would you choose? Liz, you go. Oh my gosh, that's, that's tricky. Isn't it? <laughs> I wish I'd have prepped this, I should have thought about it. I think, I mean, it's a, you know, as this film is, it's about love, isn't it? That's the whole film. And, um, and, and imagining what, how to make your life special. Um, and for me, it was the love of my parents, I guess, that aren't here anymore. And if I could spend any more time with, with Jean and Stan, I would be a very happy girl. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very much the same, actually. My dad died when I was seven, and, um, which is, so your memories are very, very sketchy. So the idea of, of going back to have a moment with my dad would, would be, would be wonderful. Um, now there's been lots of kind of great parties and beaches and things since that would also be lovely to revisit, but I, I think that special moment with, uh, with, with, with your loved one would be, would be the one, you know. So, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, um, yeah, I'd, 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 um, I'd, I'd love to go back to before my dad died. And have any of you got just, obviously there's not many projects that are coming out around this period, but have you got, are you got any of your projects that you're particularly proud of that you recommend that people check out and, and see? How, how long have you got? <laughs> 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 I, I've, I've just filmed, uh, finished a film with John Madden called Operation Mincemeat, which, which uh, was a really fantastic experience and, and, uh, that's about to come out, uh, oh, later in the year and and the one I did before that was Blythe Spirit the Noel Carrot play which um which it was it was really great fun we 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 um it, it that felt very like a um uh, um like about time in lots of ways that it was it was all set in one incredible house um in in this case it was a kind of an art deco mansion up in up in the hills in Surrey and um we had a, another sort of a blissful summer of of filming in a big house so so for so had a kind of parallels but yeah they're they're the last two films i've worked on that are there are yet to come in the cinema um and i'm in the middle of to, about to start the second series of amando ianucci's avenue five which um is a hbo show it's you can see it um on sky atlantic if you've got that um and yeah we did the first series up at leavesden built a massive spaceship which was incre- an incredible set mm-hmm. and then um you know one of the biggest sets after the harry potter sets in in, in the studio that unfortunately burnt down <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a summer last summer um mm-hmm. so we're rebuilding that and building new sets and about to go into season two but yeah so that that's kind of something and then talking about having talking about um about time you know i always love my little film pride which i mentioned earlier which is a really uplifting about you know gay rights and how important that is and and again about moments in time and people i think you know that's a fabulous film um and, and bill nye as well and of bill, course. I, I only work with bill bill's in every film i've ever done i think i was reading this thing a while ago that says that most british people end up meeting bill nye at several times in their life 
Oh, yeah. So, so I'm but, hoping but to meet Bill. Bill Nye remembers point. everyone and every yeah. detail. So he remembered the name of my dog. He remembered, you know, and I, I hadn't seen him sort of for eight years, you know, since the last time. But he he has the most extraordinary memory. So yeah, yes. it, it's 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 um it's it's if you've worked with Bill Nye, he'll he'll he remembers your name, and uh, you know that's yeah. not just the heads of department. That's that's yeah. everyone on the team, and it's it's a it's a really beautiful characteristic. He's an amazing gentleman. Amazing. So. I mean, are, are either of you um, got any social media or anything that people can find you on? Or? Uh, no, I tend not to. I like to stay. I like to stay quietly in the background doing my thing. But <laughs> I know it's so different nowadays, isn't it? I think we're born in a different generation. Everyone wants to know about everything about everybody. Um, no, I've, I mean, I've got my website, thisgriffiths.com, but that's just a worky web website. But I don't really do Twitter and. Instagram and everything. I feel like I'm missing out. I'm suddenly feeling very old listening to this. I need, I need to be doing it. I need to be. I don't know, getting my own podcast channel or something. But yeah, mm-hmm. no. So, so no. <laughs> so, Robert, where can the listeners find you? I guess uh, Robert E G Black on social media or LemmingDrops.com. Listeners can find me on Twitter at Llama underscore Bottle Zero, Instagram at the Ginger Luke, Facebook at Luke Allen Film, all podcast radio appearances, newspaper. Well, oh, we've lost him. Lost him at the crucial moment. He was just doing his honor roll as well, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, how much did he get? Uh, I don't know. On Twitter, he's at llama underscore bottle zero. At Instagram, he's the ginger Luke. Uh, Facebook, I've heard this him <laughs> say this about seventy times now. <laughs> uh, his website, which has links to all of his stuff, news articles, everything else, is lukeallen.co.uk, and you can find the show on social media at Two Mins About Time. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing the show or hearing the show. Hearing the show, yeah. <laughs> yes. So do I. Uh, at at the time of this recording, let's see, tomorrow, uh, this at minutes thirty-eight and thirty-nine go out. So we're Can you way ahead what on recording. What's what's thirty-eight, thirty-nine? Uh, thirty-eight and thirty-nine is when they're at the diner in the uh, Kate Moss exhibit. Oh yeah, and, and oh. he meets Rupert, like Mary's boyfriends, and then oh, yeah. decides we didn't talk about there. We we. I, we I created was surprised that by that because there was a real scratch, exhibit so that was like the year before. Like, yeah, so oh, that that, that was quite a big job. Yeah, we had quite a lot of negotiations with Testino to 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 arrange it, but um, but but yeah, we 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 got the entire collection rebuilt the gallery, so that was fun. It was a yeah big job. Oh yeah, it was a big job because they, these things <laughs> were worth a fortune. So it was um you know at at you know under normal circumstances um real artworks or, or, or a laborious process in filmmaking to oh, kind of yeah. look around but that number of artworks and, and the value that and that's that's it. another one where you probably you created the whole thing and we just see little couple angles well, I don't know because they, they walk around and you see quite yeah, a lot see a lot so on we, one we, side we, we, I think that, 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 that set was pretty well used I think um, so I, I and, yeah uh, oh, sorry a point which I, I, I I'll, I'll cut uh, me saying the social media to later on in the episode. Oh, I did it for now, you. Because uh, this is a point that we haven't <laughs> said, is that the, I don't know if Robert said this while I was off, is is the whole thing, that I guess it was a deliberate decision to have the, the naked picture in the background, which made one of yeah. the reasons you lost your PG-13, right, in the States. No, I, I don't know about the, uh, the how, how that happened, but choosing that picture was very deliberate. I mean, the the, the picture with the cast yeah. was, that, that, that happened really quite late, because uh, Richard spotted the cast in it, and it it hadn't it, it wasn't actually in the script. So so spotted the, and and when that's the weirdest thing is anyone notice there's a cat at the bottom of that that photograph, and um, so so we uh, we moved the paint uh, the photographs around to 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 uh, 
to include that line of dialogue. Because I remember us, we, we have had a, mostly because I'm obsessed with age ratings for some reason, <laughs> we definitely had a big conversation about the, you know, the, the placement of the of the nude picture and stuff, you know, for, for a film which is tame for the most, you know, doesn't have any other nudity. It was just an interesting decision. But it's so, a memorable moment, right, though, isn't oh, yeah. it? It's when she see, he sees her again. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of snap second, you're going to remember it. It's, you know, his whole senses are kind of excited and he's seeing her. So maybe that was why it was in the background of that. I don't know, yeah. but it worked. I'm going to repeat my social media plug just to... <laughs> In, in fact, let, let, let's just go straight from the start again of social media plugs, just so I don't have hassle in editing. And oh, you'll have the hassle because I said your stuff also. <laughs> okay. Like, let's find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, Instagram the ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Allen Film, or podcast radio appearance new periodical short films are on Luke Allen PDK. This shows on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Minutes About Time. They can find us on IMDb at Two Minutes About Time, and. You can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time <laughs> and anything else. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We tend to end each episode with a completely odd or random way of saying goodbye. So do either of you have any preferred ways of saying goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you were able to bet that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, it's, and it's that's a big kiss from me, too. It's always a <laughs> <laughs> we can see her she's actually she's actually yeah. up on the yes. screen kissing us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way to my gin and tonic I just like on my lips are, my lips are perched Wait. oh that's you've beaten you've beaten right. me too. lovely, lovely yeah, to meet you. you both and thank you for having yeah, us yeah lovely to see you guys and I'll see you at some point in the future or in the past the Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. <laughs> <laughs>